You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Tim Fitzgerald of GoPowerCat.com. And I'm Scott Chasen. This is a replay of WIBW show, The Drive. Here's this week's episode on the 24-7 Sports Podcast Network. Good evening, Wildcat and Jayhawk fans, and welcome to The Drive, sponsored by Briggs Auto Group. I am Tim Fitzgerald at GoPowerCat.com, and the man across the studio for me is Scott Chasen, and I'd like to introduce our newest sponsor, Tang. Mom's everywhere, a proof of Tang. I was going to let that moment breathe, Fitz. Exciting times, both Kansas State and Kansas, obviously. We'll talk about a new coaching hire. We'll talk about a Final Four. How about this? Bill Self, four Final Fours. Jay Wright, tournament coach. Four Final Fours as well. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. You can interact with us on social media at facebook.com slash the drive show on Twitter at the drive 13. And of course, answer our weekly poll question and make your game predictions on our Twitter page. And remember, if you ever miss an episode of the drive, you can listen to an audio only version that will appear each Monday morning in the form of a podcast at gopowercat.com. Podcasts are just wonderful. They're just the best thing ever. (laughs) And now we start things off with our two-minute drill. Two-minute drill is sponsored by Vanderbilt's Your Work Boot Center. Well, Scott, Kansas is headed to the Final Four. They are? <laughs> For the fourth time under Bill Self, how did the Jayhawks survive a bad first half to take down Miami? And, man, that was impressive second half. Well, wow. Fits right out of the gates in the second wow. half. The game absolutely flipped. And if you want to say a K.J. Adams' defensive position wow. at the end of the first half, Uh, was what started it. I would disagree with you and tell you you're wrong, but you're welcome to, of course, have that opinion. No, look, uh, the second half really got on a roll in my mind because David McCormick started playing like uh, the player he was to start this game, which was a physical mismatch. Uh, It's been a really tough year for Big Dave. He hasn't really lived up to the expectations that were put upon him. This was a, a big dunk by Christian Brown as well, and he was excited about it, especially tying the game. But David McCormick has had kind of a struggle this year. It hasn't always been easy for him. He's been playing through a foot injury, playing through a knee injury. He's been up, he's been down, he's been really inconsistent. But when he kind of exploded in the first four or five minutes to start the second half, it really seemed to steady the ship and right the ship. And then Ochai Abaji and Christian Brown, who you just saw on your screen, uh, the two of them making plays, they really came to life. Whether, you know, it was in transition, even in the half court a little bit, thought this was maybe the play of the tournament for KU, Jalen Wilson, keeping that ball alive, just kind of batting it to the sideline, Uh, because if he had grabbed it, he would have been out of bounds, and Ochai knocks down a three. This is a team uh, that has battled a ton of adversity, and that's the case when you pretty much go, you know, up and down this entire roster. Christian Brown, we'll start with him. He's he's had probably less quote-unquote adversity than some of the other guys on the roster, but he started the year playing at, you know, maybe a second-team All-America, a first-team All-Big 12 kind of level. Then he sort of tapered off. He, you know, started, you know, shooting poorly, had a little bit of a slump, had to refine himself. Then he's been blistering hot from three-point range. Ochai Abaji, fantastic start to the year, fantastic in Big 12 play, Big 12 player of the year. What happens at the start of the tournament? He starts struggling. He's got to kind of start looking for answers. What's going on? How can he figure this out? And he obviously did, coming away with 18 points. Who's faced more adversity other than Remy Martin, a guy who was unplayable in his first game back from injury. The knee really held him down. 
You go back to that game against Baylor, he couldn't hang with anyone defensively. All of a sudden, he's the most outstanding player of a region as KU goes to the Final Four. Fitz, this is not one of Bill Self's best KU teams. Let's not get this twisted. But they took advantage of the path they were given, and now they're headed to the Final Four. Well, the way Coach Self has handled uh, both McCormick and, and Martin is just absolutely amazing to me. I mean, Big Dave played so well to start the second half, and then just kind of shut him down for the most part and just said, you know what? We're going to the Final Four, and you're not going to be injured when we're there. It was really impressive to watch how he manipulated his roster into this. Well, Fitz, they've had to manage that knee, as you know, the, yeah. the knee, the foot, everything all season with Dave. And, yeah, he didn't need to play enough uh, much down the stretch. They went small after that point, really controlled it. Very good coaching job. I don't know if it's Bill Self's best, but it's, it's one of his yeah, best yeah, I would coaching agree. jobs for sure. Well, Fitz, speaking of coaches, K-State introduced Jerome Tang as its new Basketball coach on Thursday, and fans have been pretty excited about this hire. But did athletic director Gene Taylor get this one right? Yeah, he did, and it's been an amazing process if you've been following along. If if you have been, you know that probably a majority or, you know, close to it, of K-State fans wanted Brad Underwood to come home from Illinois. They wanted him to be the next coach. He played at K-State. He played under Jack Hartman. He coached on Frank Martin's staff and with Huggins also. Uh, and has gone on to great, um, you know, great success of his own. And at Illinois, he's one of the highest paid coaches in college basketball. And Illinois, for you know, whatever reason, has one of the bigger budgets. So really what it came down to is Gene Taylor was like, well, what will it take to get you here? And the reality is it was going to take too much. Uh, and, and he kept going back to that, trying to see if there was a number that would work for both parties, while at the other time, on the other hand, still talking to other candidates, and it didn't take long for that water to boil to realize that Jerome Tang had risen to the top of that other list. And pretty soon, once things stalled with Brad Underwood, there was no two lists. Jerome Tang was at the top of the list. And now that he's been introduced at K-State, I think fans see exactly what Gene Taylor saw in Jerome Tang. A a really thoughtful, well-spoken, a guy that's got a great view on life and coming up from Um, You know, very humble beginnings as an immigrant to the United States as a young boy from Trinidad. Just a really overall impressive guy who has always been in the shadow of Scott Drew. He's been with Scott Drew for 19 seasons the entire time since Scott Drew took over an absolute disaster at Baylor. Really a mess and built it all the way up to winning a national championship last year. And Tang has been part of all of that. People wonder if he can coach as a head coach. We will see, but he's a very highly regarded recruiter. And from what we've seen so far from Jerome Tang, he's going to be an outstanding leader of the young men that choose to play for him. Cat fans are fired up, and for good reason, Scott. Yeah, Fitz, uh, I I know some people have poked fun at this on social media. I have never seen as many people excited just kind of about a first look. This doesn't just feel like a good hire. It feels like a breath of fresh air kind of put into this Kansas State program. Yeah, I've never seen an introductory press conference anywhere near that. And part of it was he went with the wireless mic and got out from behind the podium so he could really talk to people. Mm -hmm. And it kind of took on almost a a Sunday service religious (laughs) feel to it because he was he was just so fired up about what he was doing it was it was very fun Mm -hmm. well Scott the Big 12 was highly respected all basketball season but by the Elite Eight only Kansas remained in the NCAA tournament field was the Big 12 overrated and how does the future look for this conference heading into this expansion that is right around the corner well Fitz I, I don't think the Big 12 was overrated and I think generally the Big 12 kind of fared 
I mean, better than pretty much any conference other than the ACC in this tournament, especially if you just go back one round before that to the Sweet 16, where you had teams like Tech and Iowa State, and uh, at least I think so, I don't know if you agree, but the only reason Baylor wasn't playing at that point was because Baylor was really, really banged up throughout the year. I think they were deserving of their one seed being the fourth one seed, but by the time they got to the tournament, it seemed to me like they were out of gas. Texas was another team that was in a game with Purdue that they absolutely could have won, and I tend to think Texas might have done a little bit better against St. Peter's than uh, Purdue ended up doing. We saw, obviously, St. Peter's struggle um, just a, a little bit ago with their Elite Eight game, and obviously North Carolina is moving on, but Fitz, here, here's how I would look at it, and then I want to get your take on this, too. If I were ranking how the conferences did in this Big 12 tournament, I think I'd have the Big 12 at number two. Now, obviously, the ACC is not better than the Big 12. The ACC has not been better than the Big 12 all year. One of those teams making the Final Four for the ACC is an eight seed. Um, but I think that's a pretty good spot for the Big 12 in terms of having tournament success and balancing that with what happened in the regular season. As I look forward, Houston is an outstanding basketball program. They don't look like they're going anywhere. So adding Houston into the mix in the conference in 2023 is just going to be enormous. It's going to be um, incredible. And you think about the other programs coming in as Oklahoma, which has been okay in basketball, and Texas, which has kind of floundered around and it seems to be improving. Cincinnati has a history in basketball. But I look at BYU as a program that may be joining the Big 12 is going to have to up their game a little bit, uh, but they also have had good moments in basketball. And Central Florida, Scott, I just feel like down there in that Orlando, Central Florida area, once they join a major conference, they're going to get some dudes. And mm -hmm. this could get really interesting when the Big 12 becomes 12 again. Yeah. Fitz, one thing about BYU, just a little fun fact for people, they don't play on Sundays, so mm. the Big 12 will have to make that work if they ever want to go back to a Sunday championship game in the Big 12 tournament. Well, just won't let them play for the championship. Mm -hmm. Very that's, smart. That's very smart. Solved. Now a quick look at your poll question results. The poll questions are brought to you by Midland Exteriors. Love the home you live in. Call today for a free estimate. Well, last week's question was, what makes this season a success for Kansas? I'm going to do a little bit of quick mm -hmm. math here and say 70% of people already think it has been a success. That's 46% of people saying reach the Final Four, 13% saying it was already a success at the Sweet 16, 11% saying the Elite Eight, uh, would be successful. 30% of people saying Kansas needs to go all the way to the natty to make this one successful. Mm, yeah, that's a high standard. <laughs> Here's this week's question. How long before Jerome Tang has Kansas State back in the NCAA tournament? You will notice that I didn't give him much time. You're on the clock, Coach Tang. <laughs> a, next season. B, give him two seasons. C, not anytime soon. I'm not standing for three or four seasons. Nope. Go over to the Twitter page at the Drive 13 and vote. Tough crowd here I know. from Fitz. Well, hey, this will get, that will do it for this half of the two-minute drill, but we will be right back with more on KU and K-State on The Drive. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
Welcome back to The Drive as we continue our weekly two-minute drill. The two-minute drill is sponsored by Vanderbilt's Your Work Boot Center. Well, Scott, different Jayhawks have stepped up at different points throughout the NCAA tournament. What has surprised you the most about this Kansas run? Well, Fitz, what was surprising me until Kansas got to the Elite Eight was that it would be Remy Martin, who is really the one carrying this Kansas team, and not Ochai Abaji, who definitely hit a slump that, if you want to say he broke out of, I think he kind of did in this last game. I think that would be fair. Uh, but even then, a few of those buckets came a little bit later and came in ways that um, it wasn't as necessary for Kansas. Still important, don't get me wrong. He's still a great player, All-American for sure. But this team is not anywhere near this point in the season, really, without Remy Martin. And uh, yeah, maybe Kansas fans were thinking that when he first got on this team. I mean, for goodness sakes, he was the preseason Big 12 Player of the Year. So there were obviously some high expectations, but I think fits for me. It's just seeing a very different version of Kansas than the version that uh, we've really seen at, at different points throughout the year. You know, when Dewan Harris was running the show and, and playing 35, 36, 38, sometimes more minutes of point guard, uh, it was a lot of you know, structure because Kansas didn't have the quickness and athleticism and ways to just kind of jump up and beat you uh, that they're showing a lot of now. And I think it'll make for a really interesting contrast against a well-oiled machine in Villanova, you know, going into that Final Four matchup. Fitz Villanova is without Justin Moore. He's a good scorer, around 15 a game. He's had a handful of 20-point games. He is also a, a pretty good three-point shooter, not necessarily a great percentage, but has had some good games and takes a lot of them, more than six a game. So that's definitely a loss for Villanova. But when you watch Villanova play, whether it's Colin Gillespie, Jermaine Samuels, it's just this kind of well-oiled machine that, as we were just talking about during the break, never seems to miss a free throw or make the kind of mistake uh, that sometimes you like to force your opponent into, especially if you're Kansas. Uh, Kansas has been a team that gets out in transition, that runs, that capitalizes off mistakes from opponents, even if that's like a bad three-point shot where they can just get the rebound and go. That has been this new kind of Kansas identity that's been forged. I don't know if they'll be able to do that against Villanova, but it's really impressed me that they found ways to adapt that identity to fit all the pieces coming back in and playing together. Uh, that surprised me because that's not easy to do, Fitz. I, I think it's really challenging this time of year. Real quick, we don't have much time, mm -hmm. but uh, how much of Remy Martin's emergence here has been him getting healthy and how much of it is him beginning to understand where he fits into the big picture here? Because at Arizona State, he was the guy. Mm -hmm. He took the shots, he handled the ball, he was the guy. Everything went through him and it's not true in Lawrence. Yeah, a little bit of both. I think the health is a large part of it because I really think he couldn't move on that knee until they sort of shut him down and brought him back. But to your point, it's almost been like Bill Self figuring out how to let mm -hmm. him kind of go to a little bit of a mix of both. Um, I think that's been a, a pretty big deal. I agree. Well, Fitz, back to K-State basketball. How long should it take Jerome Tang to get his Wildcats back into the NCAA tournament? What are the most important immediate tasks for the K-State program? Well, I think Coach Tang knows what it takes to be competitive in the Big 12. I mean, he knows that he probably needs to get more players, but he also knows he's got some pretty darn good players already on his roster. Uh, among his many really good things he said throughout the course of his press conference was, I'm not here to rebuild, I'm here to elevate. <clears throat> he wants to just kind of lift everyone up and, and take them to the next level. And a big part of that will be recruiting. And he's known as a great recruiter, but as he assembles his staff, and we've confirmed three uh, of the coaches that'll be on his staff, two bench coaches and one carrying the title chief of staff, 
Um, as he collects these guys around him, we're seeing a, a trend that they're all recruiters. They, they can also coach, don't get me wrong. We too often think of basketball coaches as X and O's guys or recruiters. These guys, though, go get players and then can coach them up. And I think he's assembling a really good staff. We're following all of that at GoPowerCat.com. And I don't think he plans on being out of the tournament ever. I mean, I think he's coming in, planning on being there next year. And of course, if you followed K-State this season, you know coming into the final five, six games of the season, they were in a position to play their way into the tournament. But then they went on a losing streak and missed the tournament, missed all postseason play leading to Bruce Weber's resignation. I think Jerome Tang is the type of guy that can get this program elevated, as he said, quite quickly. Now, where that ceiling will be, I don't know. And is what they did at Baylor, you know, kind of comparable what they could do at Kansas State? Well, he took over a bigger mess at Baylor with Scott Drew than he's got at K-State. He's got a program with a lot of history and a lot of uh, fans that are very proud of that history and want to see it brought back to where it was, you know, in these 50s, 60s, and 70s. Uh, one of the things that endears K-Staters to Jerome Tang is he understands that history. He knows the coaches whom he's following at K-State, the great list of coaches. And of all the jobs that inquired about Jerome Tang after this season, it was K-State he zeroed in on because he wanted to be here for the, the tradition and the fans. He's seen how good it can be and he wants to bring it back. And that's, that's really encouraging. Yeah, Fitz, it's exciting. and. You know, I think of the last segment, I used the term breath of fresh air. It's, mm -hmm. it's important to remember the Kansas State program has hit some pretty high highs. And yes, some of them were a while ago, but some of them were also semi-recently. So it's not totally foreign to envision a little bit of a turnaround here and, and really seeing him have that take off. Exactly. We'll see how quickly he does it. I'm only giving him two years. <laughs> and now we step out of bounds. Out of Bounds is brought to you by Copeland Insurance Agency, part of your community for more than 60 years. Well, Fitz, in a pretty shocking development, pretty quick period of time, the Kansas City Chiefs traded star receiver Tyreek Hill to the Miami Dolphins. This happened over the last week. What does this mean for the Chiefs, both in the short and the long term? Uh, you talk about quick developments. I mean, they were negotiating his new contract. It stalled. And then we see a tweet that, hey, they're shopping him to the Jets and Dolphins, and within an hour, it's done. Mm -hmm. um, I think they just reached an impasse. I think they just came to the point where they realized that Tyreek Hill wanted so much money in his new contract that it would have crippled the entire roster because they wouldn't have enough in their cap to uh, get other players. And honestly, I think the Chiefs recognize a, a cold truth about Tyreek Hill. He might be a ticking time bomb. I know his last incident turned out to be a fabrication, but he has had a history of incidents. And maybe they thought like, let's get something for him now before something goes wrong. And let's go into this draft looking for a young receiver. Tyreek Hill's impossible to replace, but this is a great receiver draft. Getting five picks from the Dolphins is huge over the next couple years. I think at the end of the day, it was a good move. And it was a matter of time before you were going to have to let someone with a big price tag walk, and it's Tyreek Hill, but they got something for him in exchange. Good for the Chiefs. Yeah. Well, after the Devontae Adams contract, too, I think it yeah. became very clear he was going to command a ton of money. I think the Chiefs said, hey, we think we can replace you with good enough using that other money to devote to elsewhere. And I think it probably ends up being a smart move. In my dream world, they'd send a couple of those picks off to the Seahawks and get Tyler Lockett back into Kansas City. I thought you were going to say they'd send a couple of those millions your way. So I was <laughs> That would not be awesome. Nice. <laughs> now let's hear from the fans. And our fan question is sponsored by Metalark, supporting people in living their best lives. Our fan question is this. 
With K-State hiring Jerome Tang in basketball and KU hiring Lance Leipold in football, will we see these rivalries become more competitive? David and Topeka, thank you so much for your question. Scott, your thoughts? Well, Fitz, I was going to toss that back to you, but I, I actually think there's some room for that, I think, both in yeah. basketball. I think KU fans like what they've seen in football. I, I agree, and I think it would be great if we could close that gap up in both both situations, but still, I, I don't want to close up so far that KU actually beats KU football. <laughs> it's going it's to happen sometime, Fitz. Sometime, sometime. <laughs> Remember to ask, or your, ask us your questions on our Facebook page at on Twitter at The Drive 13. And when we return, we look at your predictions and our predictions here on The Drive. Scott, that was your read. Yeah, that's why you don't read that normally. We're Uh, discovering that now. (laughs) Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome back as we head down the home stretch of this week's show. It's time to take a look at our predictions. Remember to make your weekly predictions on our Twitter page at the Drive 13. Here are last week's results. The viewers are kicking some tail mm-hmm. at three and zero. Oh, I went two and one. Scott's upset. Comeback dreams are slipping away, <laughs> but he still has some time. Here are this week's picks, and we start with Kansas as a pick'em against Villanova. It's Scott, a, I don't know that I can pick against Kansas after that second half. Uh, Scott, what is Villanova's mascot? That is a great question. What is Villan- the Wildcats? You got it. Go Cats. I got Villanova. <laughs> wow, you froze me for a second, Fitz, because they're blue. There are no blue cats. Anyway, next is Duke minus seven and a half versus North Carolina. Fitz, what is Duke's mascot? Uh, Duke's are the Blue Devils. The Wildcats, and yeah. I am taking the Wildcats. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you got? You got Duke, right? I'll take Duke. I'll take North Carolina on that spread. <laughs> Our last game of the week is uh, who has more points, Ochai Abaji, or however you pronounce his name now, uh, we were talking about that off the air. Remy Martin, who do you got? Fitz, I think we're both going this way. I will take Otsai Abaji. That's, That's how we learned is, how I guess, the normal way to pronounce his uh, name. Again, make your picks on the Twitter, our Twitter page. I also have Mr. Abaji mm-hmm. at the Drive 13. It's time for our On the Clock segment. On the Clock is sponsored by Carpet One, by Local for a Strong Local Community. Scott, take it away. Well... Fits something I wanted to talk about. Speaking of Villanova, Kansas, I mentioned the parallel. Jay Wright and Bill Self both having four Final Fours. Bill Self has taken a lot of heat, and he's put some on, him, on himself as well for not having as much success in the Elite Eight, not getting to a bunch of Final Fours. I can't count the number of times he said that he should be better in that round. That's really the round that Kansas has struggled in. Now you look at it. Kansas has been to two of the last four Final Fours, and in that stretch, there was one year where there wasn't a tournament. Kansas was the number one overall seed going into that tournament. You're seeing a little bit of a Final Four correction happening, and as long as Bill Self is still Kansas's coach, I expect them to keep competing for Final Fours. If you had told me at the start of this tournament that four Blue Bloods would occupy the Final Four, I would have laughed because I thought this thing was wide open. And granted, North Carolina's an eight seed kind of crashed the party a little bit. But I sit here and wonder, can Jerome Tang elevate the Kansas State program to get to the first Final Four it's had since 1964 and the fifth in in program history? We will see. That's it for this week on The Drive, and we'll see you next week right here and all week on social media. 